Hey folks, in light of recent events, Doug Brad and podcast regular Ron Hutchcraft take some time to discuss how the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas has affected them and how to respond in the face of seeming hopelessness. If you've ever struggled with not knowing what to say or what to do when tragedy strikes, Ron offers practical advice for you to help hurting people feel loved. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every one of you and hope that this episode meets you right where you are. Let's go mad. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Go Mad with Doug and Brad. We've got Jesse here with us as well, and a special guest that's joining us today because of the conversation we're going to be having, our dad, Ron Hutchcraft. We're welcoming you guys into Around the Table with us today. Yeah, uh, we are just going to kind of have a conversation today about something that happened in the news, another uh, awful tragedy. Um, the three of us here really have not had a conversation yet about this. This this happened when we were in different places. So uh, we're just going to record this conversation today and pray that it might help somebody who's listening. Uh, you, If you listen to the podcast, usually we'll start kind of light. Uh, the few of us get together here and things can get kind of crazy. But uh, not today. Uh, we're we're talking about how to make a difference when there's been a tragedy, um, either one that you're close to, one that's been in the news. Uh, we hate that we're even doing a podcast about this. This was not the plan. But uh, specifically the shooting of uh, 19 children and, and two uh, teachers in Texas has got us talking and grieving mm. and praying and um, feeling pretty emotional. So we're praying for you today as we're talking about this for the uh, many that are grieving in Texas and around this country. Let me start just here, guys, because as I said, we haven't really talked about this, even though we talk about so many things. Uh, how did it hit you guys when you got this news, another tragedy, another school shooting. Dad, what did it do to you when you heard the news? You know, um, usually there's some a little distance between us and a news story. I mean, it, you know, we hear it, it doesn't necessarily get so personal, but though we didn't know any people there, mm -hmm. it felt so deeply personal. And, and, uh, you know, I always kiddingly say my allergies kicked in and I don't even have any. But, you know, this one brought tears to your eyes. And, of course, you guys are parents. I'm a grandparent. And you start putting names on it. I'm guessing a lot of people that are with us right now listening, they, they are the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're like, what? That's my niece. That's my granddaughter. You mm -hmm. know, that. and um, then it, it's a layered tragedy. It's like it kept unfolding and it got more and more tragic it's mm. like what could be yeah. how could it get worse and it keeps getting worse when we think about the possibility that maybe some of them could have been rescued in time and uh it's a compounding tragedy and the you know and what 19 funerals 21 funerals in a, about a week's time mm. so it, it i think all of us felt it very very personally i would say the same for me it just it it was probably similar to how Sandy Hook hit, where yeah. it was, yeah. where it was, it just felt closer. It felt different than some of the other tragedies we hear about. Now I do have 
a 16, 13, and 11-year-old. And so especially an 11-year-old that's so close to the oh, ages. Man. It took more. I found myself going back repeatedly to just having these emotions pop up that was just like, you know, it, it's different than the new story. Where it's like you hear it, you process it, and you keep moving forward. Or just these thoughts would hit. And so I was hit as a dad with deeper emotion about it. Still am when I think about it. I mean, you you can't think about the children without thinking about what that means because of people you love and what it could mean. I think for me also in this one, I was, I know this always happens. It happens with every big news story. But I think I was saddened also, just heartbroken by how quickly we are able to pivot from the personal to the political. Mm. And that within moments, and that is both sides of the aisle, it yeah. is with friends yep. that love Jesus, friends that don't yet, all of these different things. Everyone is so quickly to start pointing fingers. And it just was heartbreaking to me because it's just like those people need us. They need us to focus on the right things so that whatever it is, even if we can't go there and help, so that we have the right attitude, we have the right mentality going about things, because there is time and place to talk about what might need to change. But that's not it, because there is still this very fresh wound that is going on. So I think those are the couple of things that really hit me, that it felt more personal and that I was heartbroken by how quickly we moved into political debate after it. So somebody's great loss becomes my platform yeah. Yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. How can, I can't. I can't make it my platform for my thing. Yeah. The other sad thing as far as the news goes and the, the everything turning to politics is how quickly we will pivot to the next story. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. This this is something we care deeply about as a country um, for a few days until maybe the ratings start to go down a little bit. I already, I turned on the news today and the first thing they were talking about was um, the Top Gun movie being a huge hit oh boy and, and then they and then they got they got to to more conversation um wow. about this it it uh i also have uh school-aged children uh i do have a 10 year old i'll be honest it, when i heard this at first i think i felt numb uh that i cared i cared but i was like wait again mm. the, how how can this be happening again so i was sad about it and then I, I saw some of the faces mm. and the names, mm -hmm. and I was not preparing to lose it, but I did start crying. And you hear their stories. About yes. Uh, and, and if you're just a human being at all, and especially if you love Jesus, you are going to have a soft heart mm. for something like this. You know, it's interesting. Jesus got asked about tragedy um, he faced tragedies. He was asked about tragedies. Remember, when his friend Lazarus died, uh, he grieved very deeply. Sometimes we forget how human Jesus was, 100% human, 100% God. And when something happened like that, he got sad. Uh, there was a headline back in the day where a big tower had fallen on 18 people, and they had all died, and everyone clamored around Jesus asking him, why? Why did this happen? Um, it's in Luke 13. Uh, he says, or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But he goes on after that to point to himself, the source of all hope. 
Jesus brought himself up and God up when someone brought up a tragedy. Tragedies are a time where we need to be Mm -hmm. doing the same exact thing, representing Jesus the most, being his faithful ambassador and looking for opportunities, praying for opportunities to be his representative, to be his hope bringer to people in your life devastated by more news like this. Look, people know there is awful evil in this world. Look at the history of the world. Look at what's going Mm -hmm. on Uh, now, day after day. People know there's evil, but they have to know we, if we're going to make a difference, even in the midst of awful tragedy, they have to know there is even greater hope. Well, I'll tell you what, all of us uh, probably know somebody who has had a very sad loss in their life. I mean, uh, look at their COVID. You know, there was so many lives lost. People died alone without their their family members there. And out of this, the question comes, I mean, if I was there in Uvalde, what would I do? Yeah. What would I do? Hmm. And we all are, we may not have something so blatant and nobody will ever hear about it on the news, but we, what do we do? How do we become hope? And I'll tell you what, when a lot of times when there's a, a major loss, I think of what people, when, when your mom died, you know, six years ago now, suddenly heart-wrenching loss. I'm the love of my life since I was 19. And, but I can remember what people did that meant something to me. Mm. But I'll tell you what the feeling is. It's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So there's a tendency to avoid it. And to avoid the person yes. who you really need you be then. so awkward. We don't, ah, oh, I don't want to say anything wrong. I don't want to make it worse. And since we feel insecure about how to respond, I can tell you this. There are some very practical ways to love someone who is, is, is dealing with a terrible broken heart, a shattered heart because of the loss of somebody. And if we, if we can feel equipped in some way, maybe that's what the next few minutes are about. How can we be equipped to make a difference in those situations? Yeah, and even if you don't live in this community, know people, this community uh, in Texas, the fact is a tragedy like this affects people all around the world and mm-hmm. in your family and in your neighborhood. It, it drags back up just the most awful things that have happened to people, Hmm. depression and abuse and dysfunction. And now all of a sudden you have got a community, yes, dealing with something awful, but also a country and uh, and families that are dealing with with some of the most awful things in their life. That's why I'm I'm really excited that actually hear some of those things that people did, because honestly, uh, we we so want to jump into answers and we want and especially as Christians mm. and it's a good motivation we we want to help but sometimes I was talking with a friend who's a who's a trained counselor in these kinds of things and he said what Christians need so much these days is what he called the ministry of presence and not just spouting off well well uh here's here's what you should do and here's what you should do and a lot of times when someone has just been hit with news like this, that isn't always the best time to say, hey, you know, you need to accept Jesus. No, that's a great time to listen. Yeah, get to that sometime in your relationship for sure. But this is a time to listen and to be a friend that has that ministry of presence. And I would just say, as you dive into these, Dad, the reality is the very sad reality 
is that what we have seen over and over again is these keep happening way too often. And it is better to be prepared to make a difference yep. mm-hmm. than it is to be scrambling to learn how to make a difference when tragedy hits because it hits all of us at some point, like you were saying. So, Or you do nothing because you don't know what to do. I'm not prepared. So, you know, I remember hearing about a tribe in Africa where when somebody dies, their custom is to send one of the elders into their home or their hut and just sit there. Mm. Wow. Not speak unless ask something. Just be there. You talked about presence, and it came to my mind. That is a great consolation to people that there's someone here if you need them. Mm. Who can't do that? I mean, you may not be able to go and stay, but, you know, I think you talk about the people who are affected by this right now. Uh, here's I was going to talk about some kinds of love that I know. I, one of those, obviously, is praying love. Mm. That there's there's praying love, and I don't mean praying. Yes, it's good to pray for. I mean pray with. Mm. See, there's a, there's all the difference in the world. If you've ever had somebody pray with you in a hurting moment, you know what that meant. It's like they brought God into the room, and He was already there, but you actually felt the presence of God as they were talking to him. I can tell you from personal experience, that is very true. So we all know children and grandchildren probably, and who, if they know anything about this, they're trying to process it. Uh, And it's like them. That's like somebody like me. And this is where praying with them can bring comfort and safety, a sense of safety and security they hear you processing it with God in their presence, praying for their protection, praying for their hearts, uh, praying for the families in Uvalde, and thanking God that there's a heaven that is, you know, that awaits those who know Jesus and so on. This kind of praying with somebody. Now, one thing, if you're praying with somebody who's really lost someone, don't preach in your prayer. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Oh goodness. And and this I got to put this with the and praying. Don't get political in your prayer. Oh, yeah. for heaven's sake! Yeah. Praying with, but also listening love. Mm. These go together actually, because if you listen before you pray, you will know much more what to pray for. I mean, whether it's listening to your own family or listening to the person who's lost someone, and you need to encourage them. To let their feelings out, the most damaging thing you can do is stuff your grief because we've all dealt with people. It becomes a monster inside. And you know what I like to do? I say, tell me about your mom. Tell me about your sister. Mm. And let them talk about them. You know what you're doing then? You're helping them besides just playing, giving them the gift of listening and giving them a way to get it out instead of stuffing it in. You also are giving them a chance to think about their life and not just their death. You know, it's, it's as you're saying this, Dad, um, it just keeps hitting me how important it is. I'm, I'm talk, preaching myself right now. To be in, in times like these in regular communion with God because we need to ask mm. him who might be, yes, I know my kids are probably dealing with this, but who in my community, who in my circle of friends, maybe it's a gold star family, maybe it's uh, a, someone that has lost a loved one in the military recently and, mm. and in the last year or so, and, and something like this just brings it all back up. You know, maybe a phone call or a card or something. You know, I've been thinking about you. 
um, the stuff and you in can, the news. You can text a prayer. You can email yes. a prayer. Yes. You know, there's, if but you man, can't talk much, to them. But how much better? Yes, I agree. It, it, do whatever you can do. But man, if you can, it, it, phone calls are even becoming rare these days. I mean, True. if it can be, it, and, it, it, and if <laughs> you could even somehow knock on the door, maybe, maybe each situation is going to be different, but be in communion, be praying for opportunities. Lord, bring this person to my mind. Who in this community is, is being impacted by this tragedy that could really use me? And I think uh, that one thing you pointed out that I think it's very important for parents out there to realize, long gone are the days where you can assume that your child isn't impacted by something because they didn't watch the evening news with you. Yeah. Or didn't because say something. That's, very, that's really true, too. But the, the fact that there is... Young kids on social media at all ages now, when you've yes. got a constant online life, when you've got people talking at school, please know that your children need someone to talk to them at this time. So, Dad, you've got a praying love and a listening love. By the way, what else? do you know a teacher? I'll tell you what, if you know a school teacher, oh, boy, that's so every true. school teacher you know felt this. It's true. Oh, it's so Pray true. with them. Pray with people. Okay, and then yeah. and then there's wow. what I would call load-lifting love. Hmm. And by that I mean just be available to pick up some of the everyday stuff. It's hard just to get through the day. Grief is such a heavy burden. Mm -hmm. And just if there's something they need picked up, if there's meals, you know, uh, oh, which leads me to the other one, which is edible love. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the, ca we, the, the casseroles and the desserts and whatever, you know, donuts in my case. But, <laughs> doggone it, those things mean something. So, look, just think of ways that, that you can lift their load. There's things you say, let me mow the lawn. Uh, you know, let me take care of, of that. Do you need mm. to get... The kids to school. I'll take care of it. You needed to focus just on 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 healing. Give them time to grieve by by load lifting love. And then, like I said, edible love might be one of the forms yeah, yeah. of load lifting love. So, Dad, as you're sharing these different ways that we can love someone during these times, I'm reminded of what we did growing up. Dad would just kind of yell for fun a lot of times. We lived in there where there could be earthquakes, and he would just. You know, earthquake drill. And he would be like, hang on to something heavy. And we, so we would do that. But this is what this is. This is trying to talk to people who are walking with some through a tragedy, how to give someone a practical something to hang on to, someone to hang on to during these times of tragedy. What are a couple other ways that people can be that kind of help when the earth is quaking, when the ground is shaking, how can they love on people? Hug love. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing like a hug. And uh, just to, to hold them if necessary, let them cry. Don't get all freaky if they're crying. Let them cry. They're, that's their language of grief. Let, they're letting it out that way. And then I also, I think about what's called—I call it memory love— some people did this for me. They, you know, they would remember stories that because you're so focused on how the person died— and it's like, oh, if only they, if doctor had, if only they'd left five minutes later. Stop it. Stop analyzing the last few minutes. They had a whole life. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting down at a conference I was at a year ago, and the lady who planned the conference had been in charge of this staff and booked me to speak there for years. She, she died two days before I got there. And first thing I did when I got there is I got her staff together. They were wrecked, and but they had to go on and keep putting on mm. these seminars. And you know what I did? I didn't know what I was going to do when I walked in the room. 
This is where you said you got to stay connected to the Lord and listen. Mm-hmm. And you know what I did? I said, I bet, I bet you guys each have some kind of a memory of a time that you and, and, and this lady laughed together. Do you have some fun memories? And it was like the whole mood changed. They spent an hour telling me stories of her very much alive. And two years later or whatever it is now, they keep talking to me about what that meant to them. One of the stories uh, that came out of this specific tragedy was a father sharing the TikTok video that his nine-year-old girl had done yes. sharing Jesus, yes. sharing a very brief oh. gospel presentation a day or two before the school shooting, and she she went to be with the Lord. Oh, man. She was one of those lost in this. But that's the story. He shared the positive memory, the difference, who she was. Alive. Yeah. Yeah. And then one last one. This was very important. What I call later love. When the casseroles are all eaten mm-hmm. and the people have all left. Mm. I have a friend who lost his dad not very long ago. And I, I knew he'd have a lot of people around him at the time. I just waited a few days on purpose. And I said, I, I figure, and I jokingly said, the casseroles are gone. And I said, the, the folks are gone. Life moves on. That's natural. But remember to go back later. At a year, the anniversaries. Hmm. I remember what it's meant to me that people remember the anniversary. And they'll write to me. I'm like, how do they remember? I don't expect anybody else to remember that date. Uh, they do. So there's a lot. there's a lot we can do. But the thing is, we can we're like either I don't know what to do or I'm too busy to mm. oh boy I have so much to do today I just heard that Charlie's wife died but you know oh, gosh look at what I got to have so many appointments today stop it I've that God has really slapped me around on that <laughs> one and said Ron you you stop there's a story about a, a, a blind man calling out to Jesus and when Jesus is coming into town with his whole entourage at that point. And, and the guy's obnoxious. He's like, Jesus, son of David. They're like, shh, shh, you're, you're, we got Jesus in town. Stop it. And these two words really struck me. It's a whole sentence in the Bible. Jesus stopped. Mm-hmm. Put your name there. Put your name there. Because there's somebody crying out, maybe silently right now, but... Jesus put, Ron, stopped. Wow. That's the hardest thing sometimes is just to stop. And I will say to you, if you are somebody with a broken heart right now, Jesus has stopped for you. Wow. Wow. You know, I love these examples um, of, of ways we can be hope. I think sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking we've we've done we've done something significant. We write something comforting on social media. Um, we we do a hashtag pray thing, and uh, it might be a good time when things uh, when tragedies like this hit to kind of recalibrate uh, yourself and mm-hmm. and get with the Lord and ask, am I really making a difference with this desperate, hurting, screaming for hope world? Jesus was all about proclaiming hope. Matthew twelve twenty one. This is Jesus where all the nations will put their hope, the hope he will be called, the hope of all the world. Hmm. I love that we're we're talking about concrete ways that we can live hope. Let's wrap up with something here. Yes, it can be trite sometimes to say, okay, well, we're praying. I'll see you later. But let's not forget how powerful the greatest change agent 
for hearts in this world and forever is prayer. When people say, all we can do is pray now, I go, <laughs> I remember my dad going, all we can do is pray. You're going to the the throne room where the universe <laughs> is governed. Yep. The God that has all authority over life and death. So just for a couple moments here, let's talk about ways we can pray in a tragedy and ways we can pray to make sure that we're being the make a difference person, the ambassador God has called us to be. Obviously, we can, and I'm going to ask you guys too, I'll give a couple here. Um, We can pray for people that are struggling with with so many uh, awful things going on in this world. Pray for them to know, come to know Jesus, so they can know where the true source of hope and comfort is uh, as they mourn. Pray that God will put godly people on the scene. I love when I hear that Franklin Graham or Billy Graham rapid response is is on the scene like they are right now in mm. Texas. Mm-hmm. Pray that God will put godly people on the scene. Pray that local churches would be the hands and feet of Jesus. Pray for God yeah. to give our leaders wisdom no matter how you voted. Pray for God to give our leaders wisdom in responding to these global and mm. national crises, and pray for God to use the situation just to reveal our need for this awesome Savior. Pray for God to help us love others radically and without compromise like Jesus did. What about you, what about you guys? You know, Doug, I would just add to that uh, because it's something that really I, I mentioned before of turning from personal to the political so quickly. If you're one of those that has the heart of I can't pray for the leaders because of what they're doing, because of who they are, because I don't agree with them and everything else. That is not Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. That is we're to pray, pray, pray. You don't have to agree with them to pray for them. So I would say that's really important that people realize when you say pray for leaders, pray for the leaders. It is straight out of the Bible that we are supposed to do that. If God says to do it, we need to do it. No matter how angry someone might make you along the way, no matter who's in power, you pray for them. Brad, when God said that originally in the Bible, who was the government to pray oh, for? Yeah, Roman governors, Roman yep. Caesars. What? Yeah, pray for those in authority over you. Dad, a couple ways that we can pray. What I've learned definitely is that a broken heart is an open heart. It is ripped open. Mm-hmm. It is wide open. Those hearts in Uvalde. They are so, they're open in places they never even knew they had places before. Something's going to go in there. Hmm. And whatever goes into your, uh, that, a heart at that most vulnerable moment of your life yeah. is going to shape the rest of your life. So if it's doubt, if it's anger, if it's bitterness, if it's fear, um, whatever it is, or if it's Jesus. And I'll tell you, I cried out to Jesus when my heart was ripped open. Hmm. And he went deeper than anybody could ever go and deeper than he had ever gone in my heart because I never had invited him. I didn't even know that, you know, to do that before. And he is a more personal, personal savior to me than he, he's been my savior for years. But I would tell you what, now there is a connection that is, I feel him close. And there's a wonderful promise that we can pray on the basis. It's great to pray on the basis of a promise. Stand yeah. on a promise and pray. And the promise in Psalm 34, 18, 
I know I've given it to many people. I know what it meant to me. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Pray that they will open up to his presence, sense his presence, for he can bring comfort and healing where nobody else can go, and he can do what nobody else can do. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Mm. And uh, my hang-on-to verse was this, and still is, Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope, talking about Jesus, as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, stronger than the strongest storm. Praise God. Praise God. Um, Dad, with those awesome words, would you uh, lead us in prayer for those who are listening and are hurting for those families in in Texas? Yeah, I will. And uh, if you're listening, uh, join in this prayer in your heart with us. Lord, we thank you that when we come to you, you get us. You get grief because you lived it. You felt grief and loss and sorrow at a level none of us can even imagine at our worst moment. Your word says you're a man of you were a man of sorrows. You were acquainted with grief, and you carried the sin and the brokenness of an entire world upon you. So when we come to you, you understand. We thank you that we don't have to be afraid to let it all hang out. If we, if we come to you and we're angry or, or we're doubting or we're, we're uh, uh, deeply depressed, uh, we can't feel like we can't go on, you will not be shocked. You've been waiting for us to bring it to you and open up those wounded places to you. You can handle our most broken feelings. Thank you for being that kind of Savior. And now, Lord, I pray for one who's listening who this is deeply personal to. And Lord, I pray that in these moments, they will just open their heart and the depths of their broken heart to the one that can be trusted with it. Mm. And may, may they feel your hug and your embrace and your love and your peace, the only one who can point, make any purpose and meaning out of this and bring hope out of this hurt is you, Jesus, the mm. Savior of the world. So we pray that you would bring healing and we pray that you would bring folks into their life who will, uh, who will know how to walk with them through this. Lord, for the places like Uvalde and, and Ukraine and, oh my goodness, all the horrible brokenness of our world, would you be very present, very real. Your word says you're very present help in time of trouble. And uh, Lord, we, we pray that you would also just intervene in the lives of people who are the ticking time bombs. And we pray that you would bring them help and bring them to the surface before they hurt others. So, Lord, we have so many things to pray for, but we thank you that in this broken world, there is a Savior who himself was broken on a cross for us so that we could be whole and healed. And we thank you that you will do that even while we are praying this, you are doing it in someone's heart. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just want to thank you for joining us for this conversation around the table with Dad, with Doug, with me. We just want to encourage you, share this with your friends uh, who could also make a difference with those around them. Like Doug mentioned, we're talking global, worldwide tragedies that hit people 
So everyone needs to know how can I practically make a difference when those times hit. And I would just say, make sure you stick with us as we head into this summer because we've got some exciting guests coming up. Oh yeah, We've got some conversations even about some hot topic culture issues that are going on right now, even with some movies coming out this summer and everything. We're going to be talking about some real practical ways to make a difference for those around you. So until next time, we just encourage all of you who are listening to go, go mad. mad.